Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Anna Townsend, and I'm the preschool pastor here at Rolling Hills. Today, we're bringing our series Advance to a close as we discuss mental health. Knowledge and wisdom are things that we'd all like to have, right? But as Christ followers, how can we please God even as we are growing in our knowledge, insight, and understanding? Let's learn more about that in today's conclusion to our series as we head into God's Word together. Thanks for being here. morning church as Nick said earlier my name is Jacob and I get the honor of being the discipleship pastor at Rolling Hills that means I get to work with all of our campuses with discipleship missions and anything else they can sweep underneath uh, that title there that seems like discipleship we'll have him uh, do that so I love that when I get to get physically on campus at our uh, like here at Nashville so when Pastor Nick asked me to teach today I was so uh, pumped and I don't know if you guys know this I'm sure you do that you guys are so blessed to have Pastor Nick as your campus pastor amen Amen. That guy is one of the most, one of the smartest and most caring people I know. Um, but don't tell him I said anything, anything like that. I don't want him to know how much I respect him, so don't tell him uh, any of those things. A little bit about myself. My wife and I, we just celebrated 14 years of marriage this month. Uh, we have three sons, an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old. And then this week we're celebrating the three-month birth of our daughter that we just welcomed into the world. So, yes, I have four kids, and I'm pretty sure that's why Nick wanted me to teach on mental health. Um, I don't know if it's because that we decided to have four kids, or it's because how is my mental health after living with four kids? Somebody asked me this week, he was like, don't you get tired of all the noise in your house? And I was like, you know, it's, for me, it's like this. It's like, do you still hear your refrigerator running in your house? It's just, it's just there, right? Well, that's how it is with noise with me. It's just a constant noise. So it's like the refrigerator humming. It's just part of existence for us, uh, just noise. So I, I'm pretty much used to it. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about one of my kids, my, my six-year-old Abe. Um, I, I love him. He's silly. He's really funny. Like last night he was like, hey, Dad, can I have some candy? And he said, Dad, I'll give you three choices of choosing the answer. It's either yes, yes, or yes. And I was like, okay, uh, no. Um, but he also, <laughs> he's also a little quirky. He loves drawing. He draws all the time. But he's also a little bit of a hoarder. So what he has this little basket about the size of this communion basket. It's like one of those Tupperwares. And as he goes throughout the day, he wakes up and he'll play with like a Ninja Turtle. Then he'll drop it in the box. Uh, and then he'll play with some Pokemon cards. Those go in the box. He'll draw a couple of drawings. Those go in the box. So on and so on. To the end of the day, he has this box full of things. And then if it's not a school night, we'll let him take one toy to bed. And then he'll go back to that box and process through all the decisions he made during the day. And then take away one of those toys and takes it to bed. And the reason why I, I tell you that story is because I think we're all a little bit like Abe in some ways, that we're all kind of hoarders. And I don't mean with the things in your home or the things that you possess. But in our minds, we're hoarders. And what we're hoarding 
since the beginning of the first time you can remember, we're starting to collect and hoard these images, ideas, information about the world to where as we've come here today in our journey together, we all have a basket full of thoughts, ideas, and images about the world. And what is in that box is when we go throughout our life, we process our life through the lens of that collection of images and ideas and information. And what I hope we'll see today in God's word is that as we look at that stuff, some of that stuff doesn't belong there. Some of that stuff in our basket or a box, we need to look at it, observe it through the lens of the word of God, and we need to remove it. And some of it, we need to look at it in process, understand why it's there, put it back, and move forward from it. And some of it just needs to replace from the truth of God. And I pray that we'll see that in the word today. If you have your Bible with me or your device, it'll also be on the screen. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1. This is what the word of the Lord says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's pray, Father, as we come here today. Let us offer our minds to you today, holistically our bodies and who we are, but specifically today our minds, Lord, that you would begin and continue to renew it, to restore it, and to heal us into the state that you would have it be. And we ask all of these things in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. When you look at this passage in Romans 12, uh, a lot of people consider this like a summary of the Christian life, that you have so many aspects of what it means to be a follower of Christ here in this one passage. Just as the beginning of it, you see Paul saying that we should offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And what Paul's trying to say is this idea of us holistically giving our life to God, giving our life as a sacrifice. And as we have walked through this advanced series, we've gone through different areas of our life, our financial, our financial health. How do we advance in our financial health? How do we advance in our mental health, our emotional health, our relational health? And all of that is holistically who we are. And what Paul is saying and what we've been saying through the series is we should give our whole of who we are to God. And the response from that is true and proper worship. But we're going we're gonna to focus in on verse 2 for the rest of today, that do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And which brings me to this first point here. How we feel and how we act is directly correlated to how we think. So if you think about it for a second, all the other topics we've covered in the advanced series from emotional health, it's the way we feel, financial, financial health is the way we act with our finances, all of them are either a way we feel or a way we act. 
And I would argue that, that Scripture points to that our minds is the forefront of all of those, that all of those, how we act and feel, are the fruit of how we think. We can't change how we deal with our finances until we change how we think about finances. So our minds are the forefront battlefield for God to change who we are and change how we see the world, that how we think is the direct fruit from what God's doing in our heart, and it changes the way we feel and how we act. And when you think about all those things together, Paul sums it up here that don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The first thing I want you to see is this, that a conformed mind is a heavy mind. A conformed mind is a heavy mind. So the first thing I want us to point out is that it says, do not conform to the world. So what is the world? Eugene Peterson explains that the world is this, that is the atmospheric mood of the culture that we live in, that the world is pointing to what does the world say is good? What does the world say is the way to be in the world? And he's saying, do not conform your mind to that atmospheric mood of what the world says is good. A conformed mind is a heavy mind. So the next word he uses is transformation, that we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that word transformed comes from the word metamorpho, which is metamorphosis. And when I say metamorphosis, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Caterpillar and butterfly, correct? So if a trans, the transformation that takes place is this metamorphosis and a conformed mind is a heavy mind, let me take it from the lens of the caterpillar. So the caterpillar is bound to the soil. It's bound to the ground. That's where it lives. By gravity, it can do nothing else. The highest aspiration of the caterpillar is the limb. It may crawl to a high limb, but outside of that, it is bound to the soil. Whatever happens to the earth happens to the caterpillar. If there's an earthquake, it happens to the caterpillar because he is conformed to this earth, gravity-driven, heavy life. So a conformed mind is like the caterpillar. It's bound to the soil. Anything that happens around is a direct effect to the caterpillar. A conformed mind is also a heavy mind because heavy is the head that wears the crown. Because a conformed mind is one who's living to the ways of the atmospheric mood of the world. And in most cases means we are living as kings and queens of our own life. And bearing a crown that our minds were never meant to carry. That we're functionally acting as little g gods over our own lives. And when your mind is conformed to the waves of the world, it is heavy. Because you're carrying things that your mind was never meant to carry. Because we begin to believe that we're actually in control of some of these things. Oh, if I do this and I say this to this person, then it's going to happen. And then this and this and this. And then we become so heavy and consumed with the ways of the world and being God of our own lives that we can't even hold our heads up anymore. Because a conformed mind is a heavy mind. And being God is a hard job and it's not ours to do. So if you're here today and when you think about mental health, you, you associate yourself with that. You're like, I, I feel like I have a heavy mind. 
that I feel more like the caterpillar, like everything that's happening around me is just affecting me so much that I cannot get free from it. So the next thing I want you to see is this. A transformed mind is a free mind. If a conformed mind is a heavy mind bound to the soil, everything that happens is a direct result on the caterpillar, then a transformed mind is a free mind. Because in the metamorphosis, when you move from caterpillar to butterfly, the earthquake doesn't affect the butterfly. Because he's free to roam. He's not bound to the soil anymore the way the caterpillar is. That your mind is free to be what it was meant to be. That it was free to not be affected by the things of the world. And the same is true for us. That when our mind is transformed, we're not pulled from the earthquakes in our life. But we're free to withstand it and not be destroyed by it. In Colossians chapter 3, you can see it on the screen, Paul goes on to say this in a, in a different way. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above, not earthly things. In Ecclesiastes, the writer frequently says this. Everything under the sun is meaningless. That everything under the sun is meaningless. And you're like, oh, thanks, that's very encouraging but if you read that line through the holistic picture of the book and through the whole lens of scripture what you begin to understand is everything is under the sun is meaningless that we should focus our hearts and minds above the sun where Christ is where this verse is telling us to set our minds on things above not earthly things it's not telling us to be pulled completely from what happens on earth is saying to set who we are above the sun so that we can accurately see the things below the sun that we would see things through the lens of who he is instead of what the world says we are that we would renew our minds Dallas Willard says it like this in a great book, Renovation of the Heart, that I, I highly recommend. It says, spiritual formation in Christ moves towards a total interchange of our ideas and images for his. So if you think about our basket and we have a collection of things, memories and experiences and ideas and images that we've collected among our life, those things are how we perceive the world. And us perceiving the world means those things are forming us into something. It's part of our, we're being formed into something whether we like it or not. And the things in this bucket are directly forming us into that thing. But our spiritual formation in Christ is to move ourselves from a total interchange of our ideas and images to his ideas and images. And what that means is that we step back, we look at the basket, and we begin to examine it and say, Okay, this is who I believe I am. Is this conformed to the atmospheric mood of the world? Is this what the world says I am? Or is this what God and his word says I am? And if it's not true, we must 
process removed and replace it with who God says I am, that we begin to see with his eyes and remove these things in our basket that don't belong and process the things that do. And if it's an experience, a pain, a hurt, or suffering, we stop and we look at it and say, you know what? I'm not going to take this out of my basket because I need to process why it's here. I need to process how God would have me see him through it. I need to put it back in the basket, but I need to move on from it. So we begin to exchange these images and ideas that have been placed in us and that have conformed to the atmospheric mood of the world and transfer it to the atmospheric mood of heaven by placing and setting our minds with him. So as you think about this, you're like, Jacob, I'm with you. I want that. But you don't understand what's in my mind. I don't know if God can renew my thoughts. I don't know if he can transform my mind because there's just so much there and I want you to see this truth is this that God wants to renew your mind that it is his joy to renew yours and my mind that it is his deep desire to do this work in you and me in fact I didn't become a believer until my mid-20s and my basket was filled with junk But when I became a believer, God began to do that work in me, began to help me process the things that are there. And is my mind fully renewed? Am I fully transformed? Absolutely not. I'm still daily processing images and ideas from my childhood, from uh, my teenage years, from my 20s when I was running and king of my own heart. But when I began to filter these things through Scripture, I began to see the things that were hindrances to the renewal of my mind, to the renewal that God wanted to do in me. So God wants to renew our mind. He's already done the complete work to renew your mind. We just have to meet him in the work. So in my neighborhood, there's a creek that runs all through my neighborhood, and I I love being outside, so I'm always around the creek. And it's a small creek, but it runs into the Harpeth. And I I have this weird thing about me that whenever I'm going around the creek, if I see a place where a bunch of debris has built up, and it's keeping the water from flowing, I just, I just got to get in the creek. And I get in the creek, and I start removing those things so that the water can flow freely. And every time I do it, my kids are like, oh, dad's in the creek again. Um, they're like, just look the other way when people are about, I don't, I don't know who this guy is. But I get in there, and I, there's something so satisfying about removing sticks and debris and watching the water that was already flowing go to its intended place that it was meant to go. And the same is true of our spiritual lives. God's renewal and transformation for our minds is just like that water. It is already flowing. It is already ready to do its work. But sometimes we have to get in and meet it in its place and do the work to remove the things that are hindering the renewal of our mind. Begin to process those things in our basket, to be able to look at them and accurately see through his eyes and let that renewal flow. Which brings us to this next point renovation and renewal take work. Renovation and renewal take work. If we were going to do a renovation in our home, we'd meet with somebody and they would they would give us the blueprint of what that end result would be like. This is the way the vision for our home to look on the inside. 
And then we would begin to do the work to get to that end result, which sometimes is, hey, this wall's got to go. You got to start kicking down walls to get to that end result of a renovated home, which that's my favorite part, kicking down walls. But you start kicking down walls to get to that end result. What happens? Sometimes you find things in those walls that you didn't know was there. Oh, I didn't know there was a pipe running through there. That kind of changes the way we do here. Oh, asbestos. That's awesome. (laughs) But either way, when we start doing the work of renovation, we start finding things we have to move out of the way. And it's hard. It never looks exactly the way we want it to. to we, but we can start to see that end result as we're renovating. You get that wall out. It doesn't look like the, the blueprint yet. But you can almost see it in your mind. And it gives you hope that you're almost there. And you're going forward. The same thing is true of our hearts and minds. God wants to transform us. He's done the work to transform us. We have to meet him in the renewal and renovation. And do some of the heavy lifting for us to see what's in the wall, to see what's in the basket, to remove some of the debris so that he can transform us and renew us. And we're not gonna be instantaneously there, but as we see those moments of hope and we begin to remove things in our home and we get to see, man, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I can see the renewal happening in our hearts. So God wants to do this renewal. He wants to do this change in our heart. He wants to be the primary focus of our minds. And we have to meet him in this renewal, meet him in this work. But at the same time, as we begin to have our minds renewed, we have to be careful at this point as we begin this process of transformation and renewal. Now we have to be more careful of our basket, of what we allow into it which i say it like this we should be very cautious and wise to what we allow into our minds so if we're truly committed to this renovation process in our home we're like hey i can't have that in my home we're doing this renovation process right now i don't want anything to hinder that work going forward we can't we can't mess with that in fact if i could with the creek in my house i would build a little uh, umbrella across it so none of those weird osage orange looks like monkey brains falling i'd keep those out i would filter the things allowed into the creek so that the water always flows which the same is true for our minds we have to be careful what we allow into our minds and the first primary thing we think about that is entertainment media when was the last time when you were like You're like, oh, look, this show, everybody's talking about this show. And you went to push play and you stopped and said, you know, should I watch this? Is this show a conform to the atmospheric mood of the world? Or is it going to be helpful in my transformation and renewal of my mind? When was the last time we stopped and and gave a filter for ourselves and said, should I watch this? Is this going to hinder the renewal and renovation? Or am I adding in images and ideas that will be harmful to me moving forward into Christ-likeness? Now, I'm not saying don't watch TV anymore. Half of my illustrations didn't come from movies and television, so I'm not saying that. What I am saying is being wise about what we allow into the creek. Being wise about what we allow into the basket. And it's okay to say, okay, I'm gonna, I feel like I can watch it. You start to watch it and say, no, this is not for me. There's nowhere it says you have to finish 13 seasons of a show. It's okay to say this is not for me. 
that we should be wise about what we allow into our heads. And now if you get to a place and you're like, you know what, I feel like I'm mature enough in my Christian walk where I can watch this and it won't affect me. Or the other danger would be to say, hey, that stuff doesn't affect me. Well, I would want to talk to you about something totally else of where the hardness of our spirits are if you say it doesn't affect you. Because I would argue it does. It's affected you so much that it's hardened your heart to it. But it is affecting you. So the first thing is that we'd be mindful of what we allow into our minds and, and with media. But even music. I know I listen to all kinds of music and there's times where I'm listening to music and I'm like, man, I love this music. And I'm like, but why do I feel depressed listening to music? Oh, because it's really depressing music. It's sending me down. I'm like, I really like it, but it's not what I need to be listening to right now because it is allowing ideas and images in our mind. Whatever they're talking about in the music is putting more images and ideas into our head. And then lastly, this people. If who are the people directly around us that we're letting invest into our mind with the things that they say? And are they taking us deeper into the atmospheric mood of the world or are they helping to renew our mind and have it transformed to that of Christ? Because people can say one word and send you down a path so easy. Last week I cut my finger really bad and as soon as I did my wife said, hey when's the last time you had a tetanus shot? And then my jaw felt like it was locking up already. And I was like, oh, I have tetanus. Uh, just because of one word. Um, and I said, don't speak that over me. I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. Um, smarter than that. But people can send their minds down all kinds of paths we either should or shouldn't go. Can add things to our basket that either should or shouldn't be there. What I'm asking you to do is to sit down and be wise about the people you allow to speak into your life. And are they people of transformation or people of the world? And I'm not saying don't be around people of the world. I'm just saying don't be conformed to them. And on the same token, what kind of words, what kind of things are you speaking into the mind of the people that you're around? What would they say about your investment into their hearts and minds? Are you a person of renewal and transformation with your words? And I think that's a good question for all of us to ask. But now what, Jacob? Jacob, okay, I get it. I want my mind to be renewed. How does God renew my mind? How can I meet him in this work? I want to be wise about the things I'll allow in. Well, the first way to be wise about the thing we allow is the thing that we want to overflow in our hearts, the things that we want to consume our input. And I think you'll see it in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I love this verse. I could preach on this 13 times in a row and hit it from a different angle. But I'll just look at what Paul says here. He says, and we all, the first thing I want you to see is it says we all. Not just you alone, not just me alone, but we in a community of faith together, that this is a work together, that the transformation of our hearts and minds is something that God does in community. He does individual, but he also wants to do it together, that we're in this together, that we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Or another translation says, beholds the glory of the Lord. And what happens when you behold the glory of the Lord? You are being transformed, that metamorphosis, you're being changed into what? Into what you are beholding, being changed into his image. When God is renewing our mind, he is transforming us. What is he transforming us to? Into his image. Take our mind and take on the mind of 
Christ, that we are being transformed to his image. How is he being transformed? With ever-increasing glory, piece by piece, moment by moment. He is renewing us. He is transforming us, not at one fell swoop, but over a lifetime, piece by piece, taking a step closer to who he is. As we follow him on the path of being Christ's followers, we draw near to him. He draws near to us, and it should be as we're walking, we are getting closer and closer to him on the path. He is transforming us with ever-increasing glory. And where does this transformation come from? It comes from the Lord. And how did he does do it? It's through the Spirit. So how do we behold the glory of the Lord? The most clear and perfect place to behold the glory of the Lord is in his word. That our, the majority of our input should be coming from the word of God. Because if our intake of Netflix and the news outweighs our intake of God's word, we are going to be malnourished and open to all sorts of maladies. That we should behold the glory of the Lord. That's when we begin to see who God is. And we study, we don't just read it to have information, we read it for transformation. When we read it, we say, what is God like? What is this image that he's transforming into? We read what is God like, and he teaches of who we are. We put true ideas in the basket of who the word of God says that we are instead of what the world says that we are. And we begin to adopt his mind by sitting and soaking and meditating on who God is through his word. Now look at this last, this last portion of chapter uh, 12, verse 2. It says this. Then, once your mind has been transformed, then, if you're being renewed in that process, you will be able to attest and approve what God's will is. That at this point of renewal and transformation, then we have new eyes to see what God's will is. We have this ability to discern what we allow into our basket, a new way to see the world, a new way to be in the world. Because now we have God's discernment. And listen, I love this line of what is his will like? It says it's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. And if God's will is pleasing and it's good and it's perfect, then his will for our mind, his end result, the blueprint for our mind is good, pleasing, and perfect. And the most accurate place to meet God in that renewal work, to see his good, pleasing, and perfect will done, is by spending time in his good, pleasing, and perfect word. Not just by ourselves, but in community. With people around us saying, hey, let's commit to this renewal and transform, transformation of our minds together. For our good, for the good of the people around us, and for the glory of the Lord that we're beholding. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful that you make all things new. That you're renewing our mind. You are transforming it into your likeness, Lord. And all of us in this room are at a different place in our journey. We all have our baskets with different images, ideas, pains, hurts, information in it, Lord. But we pray that as we leave this room today, Lord, that through the Spirit we be keenly aware of what you want to do in our minds. 
the renewal and transformation, Lord, that we would meet you in this work. Lord, and if there's anyone here today, Lord, that hears these words and they've never taken a step down from the king and queen of their own heart, Lord, I pray they do that today and let you have your place on your throne as the king of our hearts and the king of the world, Jesus. May they make that decision to begin following you today. We ask all of this in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, subscribe to it or share it with some friends. You can also check out some of our other great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're so thankful for you.